everyone and we're back with a story time episode. Today we fall into conversation with Lauren. I've known Lauren since the age of 13 and today we discuss Lauren's relationship with alopecia. This all started when Lauren was 15 and it's only now at the age of 30 she feels comfortable having this conversation. We talk about how she coped with learning she had alopecia, learning she had psoriasis, relationships, confidence and what she would tell her younger self upon reflection. Let's hear what she has to say. Okay Lauren, so do you want to tell us your story? It all started when I was 15. I started seeing these like little penny holes in my hair, like little gaps. I was like, I don't know what was going on. I'm bearing in mind when I'm 15, I was going through my GCSEs at that point. So very stressful, very stressful time for me. And I'm a very, I can be sometimes a very emotional person. So when I'm all full of stress, like all hell breaks loose. So it all started with that. And I just thought it was nothing. It was growing back. And then you would find another penny hole somewhere else. And I was like, okay, something's going on here. So we started looking into it. Me and my mum started looking into it. And we found out that it was something called alopecia. And then on my 16th birthday, we went to a specialist and she had a bit of a look and inspected my hair. And then she was like, you know, it's, it is alopecia. There's all different types of alopecia. So the one that I have is alopecia areata totalis, which actually means that the whole of my hair would go. So at first it was fine. It was just the small drops. Like they put me on steroids. Um, they tried all different stuff and it just wasn't agreeing with me. And they said to me on my 16th birthday, they said, you know, it's likely that it could grow back, but it's also likely that all of it will come out. And hearing that on my 16th birthday, I was like, wow, okay. I was supposed to be going ice skating. And <laughs> I, don't even know. I don't even know how I feel right about now. But that's how it all started. And it just gradually went. It's not even like you would sleep and wake up and there was hair on your pillow. Like, it was not even there. It was more when I was combing out my hair that I would see that more and more was coming out. Mm. And then being at a teenage year and dealing with that was, like, a big problem for me. Like, I'm a black girl who's losing their hair. Usually them days, you know, everyone's got their Afro puffs or they've done their high hair nice and everything, and I couldn't be doing that. And it just, it, it more or less killed my confidence. I'm not going to lie, it definitely did kill my confidence, but that's how it all started all when I was 15 years old and ever since then just been dealing with it I can't imagine because when you said like being in school I remember that you know being in school already as a black girl or even as a dark-skinned girl and you know you always had braids or you might have had a little twist or I remember people being like oh you've only got that in your hair because you can't grow your hair and that used to offend me that used to offend people in school so like in school did people pick up on these changes and did they comment on them or how did you kind of navigate through that? The worst thing is that it was more me than anyone else. Like it heightened what, how I thought people were perceiving what I looked like. Like there was times when I'm just like, I have like maybe when it was just like little pennies in my hair, I would do my hair in a way that you wouldn't see them. But I was conscious that it was there 
And when people are looking at me, I'm like, oh my goodness, they can see it. But actually, it's not actually that they can see it. I'm just being very like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like what's going on here? I need to hide. <laughs> That's what it was for me. Like so, it it was just more of a confidence thing, like because I've never dealt with it before. Mm-hmm. I've not had anyone in my family that's dealt with it before. It was quite new to me and quite new to my family, like never really heard about it. I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm a black girl that's got this hair loss. I don't see no one else talking about them hair loss and all that, everything like that. Everyone's got nice hair, everyone's got afro and everything. And even when people are having conversations, I was just lying out of my teeth thinking, yeah, yeah, I've got hair, yeah, yeah, afro, yeah, mm, yeah. And I was just like, hmm. There had to come a time where I needed to just, you know, admit to myself that, you know, this is something that I'm going through and I've got to find another way to just be able to deal with it. And, you know, it is what it is. I don't have any hair. Mm. But it's taken me a very long time to get to this point where I could actually talk about it. In terms of being in school and so we can say safely that there was no bullying involved in this case. It was more like a self-confidence thing, or would you say there were elements? I wouldn't call it bullying. I would call it ignorance. There was a lot of people that are ignorant to the fact that there are people out there that are dealing with this type of thing. And, you know, sometimes I wouldn't, you know, think that's anything of theft because they not really heard anything about it. But they weren't, let's say... They, they don't really care whether someone else in the in the vicinity or in the area might be dealing with something. It was just, you're a teenage person, this is what you're talking about, you're trying to fit in, everyone's cutting out everybody up in school. Like, they never actually sat down and thought, or oh, actually, maybe should I say something like that because someone might be going through that stuff? It just never was that. And it was just pure ignorance. And sometimes I just don't pick up on it. Or I'll just leave it as it is because I'm just like in my head, you know. They just don't know. Yeah. And, you know, if I was to make a big thing about it, then everyone's going to start asking me, oh my goodness, you know, and start feeling emotional and stuff. And I just couldn't deal with that at that time. So did you choose not to like talk about it to your friends? Or like, did they ask you? Or was it very much like I just, it was that thing that was there, but no one would talk about it? I didn't speak about it to any of my friends. It was more my family that knew about it. I was silently dealing with it. And because of the fact that we was on GCSE age and then going into college, um, most of the people in college, like I had a group of people that I would hang around with, but I couldn't say that I could literally speak to them about something like that that I may have told them I don't even remember me even telling them something like that but it was more that I was just speaking to my family about it and there came a time where I became very silent I wasn't talking I was very shy because I just felt every conversation that I had if I made myself known in an area people would start clicking on that something is wrong so I just found myself going into my own little bubble. I think that's really interesting, you know, because I, knowing how I've known you and how I met you and the things that we used to do and, you know, how we used to party, like, to me, outwardly, you've always seemed really confident, always overtly confident to me. And I remember being like, because I was quite shy and, like, I have my moments when I can be a bit socially awkward, like, sometimes, but 
I always remember you making me feel like, no, we've got this, or like, we can do this. Like, you were very outgoing about like anything you put your mind to, whether it was your DJing or like any kind of game, or even back then, like dating. And you tell me, ah, I've dated this person. And, like, I was there, like, you know, I didn't have a boyfriend to a particular age and stuff. You were very outgoing, and I didn't know you were dealing with, with that. So I think my point is, like you said, it's more than likely that you might have felt it more because it, you're, you're dealing with it. And like you said, there was no one that you could look to who was probably going through the same thing as you, that you could connect with on that level. Um, but did you do you think you didn't talk to your friends about it? Because, well, you've kind of said that already, like you didn't want to draw attention to yourself. It's not that you couldn't, like you probably could have, but it was mm. about drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, I think I if if I had the conversation with them, you know, some of them would be quite understanding. Like, don't get me wrong, there are a couple of them that are just like you, like they're like sisters to me and they know about it. But it nothing ever changed. Like, and those type of people, you know, like I've got to thank them because I only have like a small set of friends that I could literally call friends that I could talk about anything and they won't judge me. And there were just some people that, like, no fault of their own, but I just didn't feel like if I spoke to them that I could have a, a genuine conversation and they would completely understand how to deal with that. So I just kept it to myself. And, you know, maybe, you know, when you're looking back at it, if I felt, I think it was more like a confident thing. Like, I just didn't feel confident. I'm only now, like, bearing in mind, I'm 30. Yeah. <laughs> it's been 15 years I've been dealing with this, and only now do I feel like I can actually have a conversation yeah. about it. Because, you know, when you don't have anyone that is your age dealing with the same thing, or you don't know about anything, anyone dealing with it, you just feel like you're by yourself. So even though my family were trying to help me through it, they didn't really know how to help me because they hate they 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 don't know what I'm feeling they don't know what I'm going through and yeah it's just been it's been very difficult like relationships it's been very difficult and like one of my past relationships have really been the result of me being very quiet yeah. like the my ex my last ex that I was with, he found out that I was dealing with this hair loss. At that point, I still had some hair left mm -hmm. and I was styling it in a certain way. But he did, he did ask me the question. I did tell him. And at the first time, I think it was the first year of me being with him, he, um, he did say to me and ask me the question, like, what's, what's happening with your hair? And then I basically just told him the situation because there's no way I was going to be able to hide it. And, you know, he said to me, you know, I don't care. Like, you're beautiful as you are. So after that, it's, you know, oh, my goodness, I feel like a relief. I feel like, you know, someone's actually just seeing me for me. So, you know, I start wearing the head wraps and everything. When he comes around, you know, I'm relaxed. Yeah. Don't feel like I need to do anything. I'm just relaxed. And Bruno and, you know, I was with him for two and a half years things just started to change where he was very concerned that his friends would see me with just a head wrap on. And he told me that at one point he was like, you know, have my friends seen you at uni? And I was like, 
I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> just like you know, because I, I, you know, I don't want them to see you with just a head wrap on. And my confidence was just like, oh, okay, so maybe I've just gone out there too quickly, and it just went downhill from there. And you know, it took me a very long time to think, like, oh my goodness, maybe it's me. Maybe there's actually something wrong with me. Like I'm looking at myself, thinking, you know, I'm not. I don't see myself as that type of person, that girl that everybody goes for and what have you. So, you know, this one guy that's come up, you know, thinking that, you know, I'm beautiful and everything and all of a sudden it's an issue. Maybe it's me. Maybe I can't have anyone that will understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And it took me a very long time to get me to the point where I'm just like, actually, no, it ain't me. He's just a twit. <laughs> to put it nicely, just a twit. Like it, it took me at least what three weeks to get over that. And my, you know, my dad said to me, "Look, if you don't stop crying, then I'm gonna go find him." And I was like, "Okay, right. You know what? <laughs> Let's not get physical in it. <laughs> Let me go and sort myself out before something happens." And uh, you know, after that, I've been with, I, I had an, a friend that's always been there, and we've been speaking for a very long time. He was going through things, I was going through things, and it never bothered him. And because, obviously, I've known him for so long, we were more on that friendship level, and he's understood me, and I've told him about it, and he's never made a big thing about it. And I think I was making more of a big thing about it than he was. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's half of the problem is I just always seem to think that someone is judging me because of my hair, but actually they're not looking at anything. And if I told them that, they'll be like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. So it's, yes, it's been a, it's been a long road. I think it's good though, because I was actually going to ask you in terms of relationships, like in the past, how has it made you feel? And you've kind of answered that for me in terms of whether you were hiding it or whether you could be open about it. What upset me about that story that you've just said is that I thought, oh, this is going well. Like, this is, you know, and then you're just like, he was concerned about what his friends. Yeah. Not what you feel, because at the end of the day, when you love someone and you're happy in a situation, it doesn't matter what your friends think. Unless that person is treating you, obviously, you know. But even then, it doesn't matter what your friends think because you're always going to do what you want to do regardless. And if people see that you are happy, they will accept whatever situation you are in. It's not for them to tell you or, or judge you based on whatever situation yeah. that you're in. So just to clarify, was that your last relationship? That was the last one. So I'm in one now, but I've been with him for four years. And that's the same person that we were friends for like five years. And then we've now been together for like four years. So it's like, I don't think I could... I'm glad that I've met him and it wasn't just one of those things that met him at uni like my ex I met him at uni yeah and for the whole of my uni years I was with him and then right at the end when I was just doing my last course he decided to end it and I'm like okay right thanks 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 very much <laughs> thank you thanks <laughs> let me nearly mash up my team thanks <laughs> you're making sure. me laugh and I shouldn't be laughing <laughs> so my question to you would be like what steps did it take to get the confidence back did you do that on your own did you do that you know with friends like how did you get to that point because I think you've just mentioned 15 years is a long time yeah. to be able to feel like you can talk about it openly and overtly 
And so my question is, yeah, what, what steps did you take to, to get confident again? I couldn't even tell you. Like, it's not even like I've gone to classes or I've gone to see anyone. I haven't gone to a therapist. I haven't gone anywhere. I've, I think, do you know what? It, it's helped being a DJ. Most people don't know that I am actually a DJ because, I, again, that is another thing, you know. My passion is music. All day, every day, it's music. And music has helped me through more or less everything. And when I'm out DJing, sometimes I just lose myself just in the music. And then I come back to reality and I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Someone's looking at my hair. Oh, no. But my dad is not tight enough. Like, that, that is just how I am sometimes. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, something is wrong. But I use the music and I use DJing to just let go of just everything and I think that's what's helped me most and my family like I love them to bits like they've helped me so much through everything like they've never made it a big issue and they've always pushed me my cousins my sisters my mum my dad they've always pushed me to just go out there and do it just like just go out there like no one is no one is gonna judge you on that and it's more me like I am my own worst enemy mm. and even to this day I'm still my own worst enemy because I know in my head I can do something but I keep asking what if and always asking questions to myself like what if this yeah what if I'm not confident enough and you know I'm, I'm probably just criticize myself just too much but you know when it comes to getting myself to this point there just has to come a time like I'm getting tired <laughs> I'm getting tired of keeping it to myself I'm getting tired of having to just hide it when you know there's so many other confident people that like it's really good now to see a lot of black women that have actually gone through it or they rock a bald head and they couldn't give a damn yeah like I'm not at that point there I'm not that brave but that that just gives me a little bit of confidence like I don't have to hide anything okay. and that that has helped me a lot if you don't mind me asking just for anyone who is listening who knows someone who's going through it or or not I know you mentioned what type of um alopecia that you have so just to set the scene for people who don't know you and can't see you is it a case of you have no hair at this point like as in paint the picture my head looks like a baby's head it it's shiny and there's one little piece of grain, one, one, oh no, there's a few strands on my, on the side of my head. Mm. And I'm keeping that for hope that maybe it might grow back. <laughs> I've had it for time. My mom was like, you need to cut it. I'm, like, I'm not cutting it. I'm sorry. I'm not cutting it. Like it's long. And I, and, but the rest of my head is just bald. So in terms of that, do you wear wigs, for example, or are you always in head wraps or are you trying with this condition, is there treatments that you can do to try and bring your hair back or is it you just leave it and if it comes, it comes back? So as I first started, I first started on the steroids. It was like a, a roller steroid on my skin. But I you got the side effects. It was I was getting like a racing heartbeat just from the steroids and I was just like, yeah, I can't do this. Then there's creams and there's shampoos but again these are all steroids and I'm one of those people that always get the side effects so those didn't work then you can have 
like injections and I was like I can't be doing none of that sorry no just it's just not for me so there's there are different stuff and maybe I haven't tried stuff there's like a lot of natural stuff I don't remember what the remedy is but there was there's some natural stuff that you can try but to be honest with you I got to the point where I was just getting tired of trying and I was just like I'm either going to constantly try and wait for this to come back or I just accept the fact that because of the type of alopecia that I have it's very difficult for it to grow back like there's some times where I don't do anything with my head and it, you start seeing the little grains on my head and I'm like oh okay but I ain't done nothing and then all of a sudden it's gone and I don't know what it is and that's what's frustrating like I don't actually know what is it helping my 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 hair to come back mm. and sometimes there, there was i mean there's a times where there's a lot and maybe it's because i'm not stressed yeah yeah i mean there, there are different things that you can try it all depends on yourself whether how many times you want to keep trying for yeah. it to, to come out recently i came across this girl called emma who has got a company called planted and it's like a vegan based remedy i've seen quite a few of her results online to say that this is how people who have who have had alopecia or have alopecia grow their hair back i have actually ordered some of her products i haven't used them yet but i'm not going to share it with you just in case just in case you want to try it you don't have to i know you said you've tried a load of a load of different things but yeah it might just be worth you know it is worth a try and i think do you know what that it's not even just it's not even just I think I've just given up on certain things and, you know, that I shouldn't, I shouldn't give up. I shouldn't give up on certain things. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you can do out there and you just don't know what you, how your body's just going to react to it. So, you know, I can always try it. At the moment, I will go to work with a wig. Now, beforehand, when I first started, you can go to the NHS and they give you a free wig. Mm-hmm. But I'm black and... Uh, the wigs don't cut it for me. <laughs> they, they just don't cut it. Like, they make you look like you got a mop on your head. I was just like, this can't go on. So I found a shop in Paddington that does human hair wigs that looks better on a black on a black person. Yeah. And I've had that before. But in order to get there, you have to get referred from your doctor. Your doctor then takes you to the hospital. The hospital then agrees to it. You then have to go there, find the wig you want. Bearing on my knees, which costs like 600 quid. Mm. I don't have 600 pounds to be spending 24-7. So that's why sometimes I'm just like, okay, right, I'll take my one human wig just because I can't be spending all that money. But yeah, you have, to, you have to go to the doctors. You then have to get referred from your doctors to the hospital. The hospital then will have a sign off that you can get one. And then I have to then go to Paddington to then get that all sorted. They then have to tell the hospital which one you want. That's what then have to agree to the one that you want. And then you can get it. Like, it's all a long process. So mm. I have recently started trying to make my own wigs. I was just like, I can't keep doing this £600. £600 for what? I can't. There's just too much money. But, you know, when I go to work, I wear the wig. Like, everyone at work... Like, as I said, I'm, I'm confident enough that I can go to work and I can speak about it. Everyone at work knows I wear a wig. Mm-hmm. As soon as I come through my door, that wig is off. 
I don't know how I deal with with hair beforehand, but I can't deal with it right now. When I'm at home, that's it. It is off. It's too hot for my head. I can't do it. It's coming off. Has to. I don't blame you though. I feel like it's just that bit of relief, like relief. Or you can just relax. You can just chill. Yeah. But at the same time, when I am recommending a product or like a wig, it's only because from what you've said, it feels like it would make you more confident. But I do want you yeah. to know that you are beautiful. You do not need to Thank get you. it if you don't want to. If you want to try, you try. Like, it's just, uh, I just want you to know that it's down to you and how you radiate yourself that people will accept you regardless. I feel like it's when people know that you are insecure about something, that's when, if they are bad people, they want to take advantage of it. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not saying that you should do those things, but I just want you to know that you don't need to. You're beautiful. It's for, your own it's for your own confidence at the end of the day. Um, and also, that NHS stuff just sounds like a bit of a runaround, to be honest. It is. Like, I've always said to them, like, when you go there and they try and show you these different wigs, they don't make anything for black people. Like, it just doesn't look good. It looks... You can tell when something is synthetic hair, it looks fake as hell. And that, that, how is that supposed to bring out anybody's confidence? It doesn't bring out my confidence, that's for sure. And my dad has always been saying to me, you know, I want you to get to the point where you just go outside and you ain't got nothing on your head. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I could do that now because it's winter time and it's cold. So <laughs> I need something on my head. So that's, you know, I, I'll wear the wig now. But, you know, maybe at some point, you know, I'll get to that point where I don't feel like I have to have anything on my head. Like, now you'll see me in a head wrap. Yeah. There was a time with with my partner that I'm with now, every time he came to my house, I'd run for my wig. Really? I would run, I would, yeah, I'd run for my wig thinking, oh my goodness, oh no, no, I need to put it on properly. Oh, no, it's all twisted. Ah, oh, damn, no, I need to put it on. And then I just went, I just, I, had, I just said to him, like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just obviously wanted to have the conversation with him. Like, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but every time you come here, I'm running for my wig because I feel like I don't want to, I'm not confident enough to, to show you what's going on underneath. Like, and he's never seen me without any type of hair on. So, you know, you might look you different. Now. He's seen it. He's not seen, he's, even, like, even now, he's not seen my head. Really? Four years? No. He's not seen my head. He's had he's seen the head wrap and everything because now I'm wearing the head wraps. And when I asked him, because I was like, like, how would you feel? Like, I shouldn't be having to ask someone that question because this is just how I want it. But I just felt like I needed to take these short, small steps to thinking that, you know, it's okay to do it. So I asked him, like, how would you feel? And he was like, you know, you might look different, but I don't care. And I'm like, but it's like I'm asking him to care. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to look different. Like, I'm just telling you now, I'm going to look different. Like, how are you really going to feel? He doesn't care. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you looked at, so even when the first time he came here with a, and had a head wrap on, and he left and I said, like, did I look different? He said, yeah, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I keep fighting it for, but he's, he's just like, I don't care. And, you know... I'm now at the point where I'm confident to go out 
with my mum or just by myself with just a head wrapper on. Mm. People don't even recognise as me because they usually see me. I'm always having a bandana on. Everyone know me to have a bandana. I love my bandanas. Yeah. But now it's a head wrap. And I'm just trying to get used to it, you know, and just embrace it. Like, I'd, I'd rather, I'm trying to feel better in my skin because the only way that I'm going to be able to get through it, knowing that, you know, this is just what it is. And there's a lot of people, like, even with my friends now, some of them, you know, they haven't known me for the 15 years that I've had this. They've only known me from when I've started wearing wigs so or having a bandana on my head. Like, when I go out, when I used to go out, because I'm too old for that now, I can't deal with it. <laughs> when, I used to, when I used to go out raving, I like a soca fit. Every time I go to a soca fit, I've got my wig on and I've got my bandana on. No one would know anything that was going on underneath it. So if I was to tell any of them now, they were like, rah, like I don't, I didn't even know that. So am I, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. I mean, this is a big step for me. Like I don't usually talk about it. I'm getting there. There just has to come a time where I just need to feel good in my skin because if I don't, then I'm just going to always be stuck in the hole. Like there was a point where I was depressed. Mm. I would just hide in my room. I'd shut my door. No one would see me. That was it. I've got all my, everything in my room. I've got my TV and everything in my room. No one would see me. I'd come out for my food. I'd go back upstairs. No one would see me. And I just thought, I can't live like that no more. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't do it. Especially if you're like, if I'm trying to like DJ and everything. Like That was in itself a big thing for me to actually go out there and not like perform like I'm singing, but... I'm in front of a whole crowd, DJing. That that took a lot, and that's still taking a lot. Like, I, I, I haven't really posted much on my socials at the moment because, you know, with this whole lockdown thing, I just couldn't keep up with that and then working at the same time. It was just too much for me. Yeah. But it has taken a very long time. Like, I've been DJing longer than I've actually started performing as a DJ. Like, I've been doing it for a very long time. But the reason why it's taking me such a long time to get there is because I've been having to deal with this whole hair thing. And people are like, but why, like, Lauren, like, you're good. Like, I don't get it. Like, why are you doing this? Why you don't do this? And I can't say, well, actually, do you know what? It's because of this hair loss. Yeah. Because people are like, but who cares? But unless you really know how it feels to not have any hair, you wouldn't really understand how much it affects what you do on everyday life. Like, why would DJing, my hair loss affect DJing? That's the confidence thing. That's, that's why it's affected me, because my confidence is completely low. And, like, slowly but surely, I'll get to that point. I, I'm more of those type of people who like to do things behind scenes. I, like, I don't like to be seen. Mm-hmm. But... When it comes to DJing, because I love music so much, you know, there's just going to have to come a time where I'm just like, you know what, just going to have to put it aside. It is what it is. This is what I look like. Listen to me, DJ. Don't listen. Don't look at me as, as a DJ. Like, just listen to what I'm doing. That's what I want to be known as. Until you're in it, you can't really ever really fully understand what it feels like. And I would like to point out that you said it's taken you this long, but it's still progression. It could have taken someone else two years. It could take someone else 30 years. It could take someone 40 years. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, to you, these are steps. Like, I bet you thought 
15 years ago that you would never talk about it. Yeah, no. Yeah, or 15 years ago, you wouldn't have done something where you are like DJing and somewhat a center of attention when you're doing those kind of things. Like, I bet you didn't think you would do that. So I think it's a message to give out there is that it is in your own time and you have to facilitate and find your own steps in order to get to where you want to be. Just because this has worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for the next person. It's very true. That is, like, 100%, like... It does take a long time and you might get to your 40s or your 50s and still don't feel like you can really go out there. But without you even knowing, you probably will be making a lot of steps just gradually, just doing a few things that you might not have done before. But it is a process. And, you know, if I knew how to deal with it when when I first started it, and if I knew that, you know, it's okay to be dealing with this, like, like at the moment, you know, 15 years ago, it wasn't all about wigs and everything. But now every person has a whole wig line up in their, in their bedroom. Like people aren't going out with their natural hair. Like that was a part of me. I used to love my Afro puffs. I used to love having just a big ass Afro out because, you know, I just like to be a chilled person. I wasn't the person that loved makeup and everything. I wouldn't wear any of like that. But my hair was my thing because it, it was just me. And, you know, when that went, I felt like a whole piece of me just went. Yeah, of course. But it's just like, you know, it shouldn't change you as a person. You're still the same person. But, yeah, it does take a long time. But, you know, don't feel afraid to talk about it there are always going to be ignorant people in this world, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And who knows, they might be dealing with their own demons in themselves, which is why they feel like they need to be that ignorant. But if you've got a tight, if you've got tight people around you are supporting you, don't ever feel like you can't talk about it. And I always felt like I couldn't talk about it or someone was judging me, but you know, there's always going to come a time that someone's going to judge you, like just go out there and do your thing what would you say to your younger self? I would probably tell myself to fix up. That's what I would tell myself. Like, fix up. Like, honestly, don't, one, don't ever tell them, don't ever make a man make you feel like you're anything less than what you actually are. Don't ever make, have a man determine what you do in your life or ever, ever make you feel like you're not beautiful. Because they're just an idiot. That's 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 just one. I can't believe even now I'm kicking myself, thinking, why did I allow this man to make me feel like I'm I'm not worth anything? Mm-hmm. Like, just don't ever let that happen. And I hope you, as someone has a friend, to just give you one slap in the head <laughs> to tell you, don't do that. Them things there. It's just not worth it. If you need to cry, cry. Don't hide up in your room like I did. Because that's a lot of time wasted. I wouldn't say that I wasted my time in terms of stuff, but me as a DJ, I feel like I should be further than I am now because I've just allowed the confidence to knock me so much and allow the hair loss to knock me so much. But if you know that you're talented, you know in your head you are talented, then just go out and do it. And don't ever think that it's because of hair loss or something that you're dealing with and you know that you know it's there that doesn't mean that everyone else is seeing you that way they're actually just seeing what your potential is 
So just go out and do it, man. That's what I have to say. Just go out and do it. Do you know, there was a point where, even though I was having the little pennies in my hair, and there was the hair loss there, I dealt with something called psoriasis. Mm. That was also in my head, and I think that's where it more or less went. And I did perm my hair, and that was probably the worst thing that I could have done. I permed the hair. And I can't sit here and say that I always looked after my hair properly. I don't think I did. And then to perm it as well, on top of that, when I probably shouldn't have, that probably was just the end of it. And then having the psoriasis, so with like psoriasis is, it was just constantly flaking. It was like a constant itch. Like my skin was pussing, my my scalp was pussing. And obviously all of that is just damaging my hair follicles. Mm -hmm. So it just all came out after a certain time. And I think that was probably just what pushed me over the edge is it just all went because of because of everything like that. I think probably the natural way or like natural remedies are probably the best thing to do. Like the steroids was great, but it doesn't work for everybody. There's always something for some for someone. Like steroids just wasn't it for me. And it will probably be like more like a natural thing to do with your hair. But again, you know, when I was dealing with it 15 years ago, there wasn't really much about black females having hair loss. So, you know, there's always a remedy for something, but it's one thing having hair loss. It's another thing being a black female having hair loss. And I just didn't think that there was anything out there for me. I didn't, I wasn't glued, I wasn't clued up about it. I also think as well now you have social media and you know it's a lot easier it's a lot more accessible to find people who are going through the same thing as you like literally if you type in the hashtag you're going to find someone yeah or you can type it in google um you're going to find someone or something about it that could potentially help you whereas when we were kids we were still dealing with dial-up and getting connected to the internet so like i guess if you were a child now you have more access to things I'm really proud of you, like, for talking about it. I know you've given, like, a whistle-stop tour of, like, your whole journey. I just want to thank you, Christina, because I don't think I've ever had a platform where I feel like I could actually have that conversation. Like, it's not... I couldn't have gone to a, a class and be like, oh, hi, you know, my name is Lauren. I suffer from hell. I couldn't do it. There was just... There, I just couldn't do it. I'm not, I'm not a talkative person, even in a normal day. But you've just given me a platform to be able to just talk about it on a level where I just don't feel pressured. I'm just chilled. Like, and I just got to thank you for that. Like my, my mom was like, do you want me to hold your hand while you're having the conversation? I was like, mom, no, do you know what? No, it's fine. I'm going to deal with it. In my head, you know, throughout the whole day, I was like, do you know what? Am I going to cry? Like, I don't know. It's the first time I'm really talking about it. Am I just going to waffle? Are people going to really understand what I'm saying? Like, everything was going through my head. But do you know what? I feel better in myself that I have spoken about it. And I know there's a few girls out there that might feel like they're in a circle where they don't feel like they can talk about it because it is all about fashion and style or what have you. But I'm j I just want to speak to know to, to let other females know that they can also speak about it like just talk even if it's just to someone that no one you know you don't have to tell the whole world that you've got this hair loss or what have you but it, it, you need to have someone to be able to talk to that you can speak to on a level like so i just i just thank you 
because I needed it. <laughs> That's exactly why I started the podcast, essentially. It's just to have conversations. You never know who you're going to help. Even if it's one person, it's still one more person that mm. would have helped if you didn't have the conversation at all. So that's really nice. So thank you. No worries. I hope you've taken something from Lauren's story today. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions or messages for Lauren. Don't forget to follow on Instagram at Fall Into Conversation and Twitter at Fall Into Convo. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or get in touch if there's a topic you want me to discuss. Until next time.